Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glut. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Hello, Paige Dorian Productions, at Paige Dorian Productions. Hello, Ethan Suplee. Great to see you today. Great to see you, too. We, we are going to have a conversation about what? So recently, we got a few questions kind of around the same time about kids. Someone asked how to influence their kids to make better choices. Someone asked, you know, if we thought... If, if you thought, excuse me, that their good or bad choices would influence their kids, how do our choices as parents, you know, show the kids what to do or not to do? And there were just a few questions in this kind of zone. Someone had a real, you know, what do I do to help my kid lose weight? They're overweight. They're this age. And I just thought, wow, this is such an interesting thing because I think it's something you have experience with as a kid and as a as a parent, obviously, of four. So I just thought what a great topic for us to get into and talk about, like, what do we say to our kids? Do you know what I mean? And anyway, I could go on, but that's the topic. What a thoroughly complicated topic you want to bring up and discuss today. I know. Um, I have so many uh, points of view that... You know, sometimes you have some idea that's backed by reason and logic and you go like, this seems right. This feels morally correct to me and therefore I'm going to go with it and it aligns with my purposes and my ideals. And then in practice, it's like <laughs> fucking hard. Mm-hmm. And, som- and sometimes the the idea even fails. Um, so what I what I believe kind of rationally to be true is that the best um, way to get somebody to do something is through positive reinforcement. Okay. This is, this is the belief I hold. So, you know, um, if somebody, if, if, if you want your kid to clean their room and you have a certain standard of cleanliness that you want achieved um and they're a little kid and they do kind of anything towards that you don't go in and this is again i'm saying this is what i believe and this is what i attempt to do and what i fail at all the time i don't go in and go like well you didn't do this you didn't do this and you didn't do that and like no you didn't clean your room well that's really what i Uh, my impulse is to go in and go like, this isn't clean. What are you talking about? But I, I, you know, I think the correct thing to do is to go in and look at the things that they did do right and go like, you did really well on these things. Great. You know, and not put so much attention on those aspects that were not correct or not up to your standards or whatever that may be Uh now so that's like a an easy analogy that i i think of when we get into food there's so many variables with kids too because like if you allow uh, a bunch of bad habits to develop um because let's be honest, the parents at some point are 100% responsible for what their kid is eating because they're literally feeding the kid, uh, whether it's breast milk or formula, the kid is going to die if they're not, um, literally fed. I don't like saying literally that way, literally. Like I always think that's so pretentious. So I'm going to say if they're not, but I love how it sounds literally. Okay, good. Fancy pants page. If they're not literally fed by hand by the adults, the kids die. So like 
you know, you move, you progress to the point where they can get the food from some container or their high, high chair with their little built in plate from that thing to their mouth. And then it's like, well, you're still providing the food for a while. The parents are providing the food, right? Um, uh-huh. I, I mean, in my mind, that's the whole game. What kind of habits are you developing? Your, what, what kind of things are you leading your kid to like and dislike? And I know that, um, you know, there's like the, the, uh, that old thing of like kids don't like vegetables or whatever. And it's like, okay, maybe, but like kids are going to get hungry and eat when they need to eat. And they're going to eat the food that is put in front of them at right. some point. Um, so like if you start getting into like, well, you know, Mikey, Mikey only likes life cereal. So we're only going to feed Mikey life cereal. You go like, well, that's you, you're now allowing that habit to develop. If Mikey never had life cereal and Mikey only had broccoli and chicken and uh, like, I'm not making it like ultimately whatever your desire is for your kid to eat, um, so, so that's where I would look at the beginning of responsibility with parenting as it involves food and eating and stuff like this. Now, we probably have many parents who, like mine, uh, woke up one day and were like, what's going on with my kid? My kid is gaining a bunch of weight. I don't want them to gain a bunch of weight. What do I do? And then you have a whole new thing because you're probably going to have to uh, break a bunch of bad habits that are already developed. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You know, again, it's like, what kind of food do you have in your house? What quantities of food do you have in your house? What are the, um, you know, rules of the house on like when it's appropriate to eat and what amounts are appropriate? What are you serving your kid? Is your kid 15? Because at 15, maybe they're just not, maybe there's no hope for like you instilling new habits because they're just not going to listen to whatever you tell them. Um, and then I get into this other thing page where I go like, we, we all have these ideas of who and what we want or believe our kids to be. And at, at a certain point, there has to be the acceptance that maybe who and what our kids are is not going to be exactly the picture that we have in our minds. And isn't that the truth? <laughs> and how do we deal with that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I always think of um, Michael Malice, uh, our friend who I believe it's his grandmother that he doesn't talk to anymore. And I think with the Russians, there's like a very tight grandparents, parents, kids are all, live together maybe more than I did with my grandparents. Like my grandparents lived in Vermont and Pennsylvania and West Virginia. And I lived in Los Angeles and New York and like going to see them was a big deal. Um, <clears throat> but I think within certain communities, it's like, no, they stay tight knit. Anyway, that's my conjecture. Uh, Michael Malice kept getting his I believe it was his grandmother kept talking about his weight. And he finally said to her, like, don't talk to me about that anymore. It's very upsetting. And after a number of times of doing that, he said, if you keep talking to me about this, we're done. Like, I don't want you in my life. And then he went through with that and he cut her out of his life. And so I think of, uh, you know, parents who, um, I have uh, a friend who who was one of the writers on My Name is Earl named Valley Chandra Shekhar. And his parents were, he was, I believe, I believe, I don't think Valley will ever listen to this, but he was studying at like some big school, Harvard or something like that, um, electrical engineering or some kind of engineering. And his parents wanted him to be an engineer. And he was like, you know, I really want to do comedy and, and be a writer. 
and moved to LA and was like an intern for writers. And they were like, lost their shit. Like what, you know? Yeah. And ultimately he became a big writer. He wrote on, uh, my name is Earl. Every season of my name is Earl. He wrote on every season of family matters. Like he's a, he wrote a book, a fucking incredible book about him and another writer friend who I think it's called the great trip or the great better, something like this. You could look up Valley Chandra Shekhar. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. And he wrote this book where, and it's a true story. Him and his friend literally made a bet. Like, um, I think it was, you can't take major airlines and we're going to go in opposite directions and race each other around the world. <laughs> and then we'll each write our chapters about our experience. And Valley's first thing was like getting driven to Mexico to get a jet pack. And he literally did that. But then he found out like you could only go 30 seconds at a time in a jet pack. Um, uh, but anyway, like that's fucking... Like I look at Valley and think like you're nothing but a huge success. Yeah. You're hilarious. You're talented. You're a badass. And yet he's a failure or was at some point to his parents. Yeah. Um, so we as parents have some preconceived or set ideal that this is the way our kids are going to be. And then they're not always that way. Um, and that could be physically, that could be uh, politically, that could be religiously, that could be, uh, you know, their ideals could be completely skewed from what ours are and their desires, their job, their bodies. So I, I go back and forth between like, it's utterly our responsibility at the beginning to at some point, we got to allow our kids to be who they are um, mm -hmm. and what they are. And, and, and like, so, th but this is a war within me of like, um, you know, what are my responsibilities and, and at what point do my responsibilities subside and they become responsible for themselves? And, um, you know, uh, at what point do I start going like my idea about this person is not right, or I'm not seeing this person exactly as they are because, I really believe the only person who could, you know, imagine an adult, like picture, this is just a young adult, right? From, well, it's a person at, yeah. at, any, at any stage, they're a person. And when they're little babies, they require our um, input or they die. Period. If, 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 if you leave a baby and you go, you just be your own person, the baby dies, right? Because you yeah. just say you be responsible. Um, so I don't know when it switches over, you know, in, in every state, there are these different laws where like, and I think it's roughly 18, but like some states you're 17, you're an adult, you know, and at 17, you can join the military and fight for the country, but you can't buy cigarettes until you're 18 and you can't have a drink until you're 21. So we have all these kind of levels. At what point do we go? Like, I might have to reevaluate or readjust who I think that person is and what, what they're going to, what, what their ideas about themselves are. And so mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> if you have a kid living at your house and you are responsible for providing them uh, nourishment, like what are you providing them? Right. <laughs> Um, these, I mean, this is just like a, my, my mind goes into this. this is something I think about quite a bit in how to navigate it and how to allow my kids to, uh, be who they are and not try to push them into something they're not going to be, you know, there are, you know, there's like, um, kind of you live in my house you can't just make a fucking mess of it right yes you, yes you, like this is my rule for my house like you know if you make a mess you clean it up my, my my kids are not five years old my youngest kid is 14 now she's perfectly capable of cleaning up after herself um so like 
my older kids um, can drive themselves to the grocery store and buy whatever food they want. My younger kids are not quite there yet. Uh, so I'm still providing them food. And it's like kind of up to me, like, do I want to buy Rice Krispie treats? No, I don't. I don't, I don't find them to be useful. I don't find them to be something that, that the idea of them in the house is not something that's useful for me. I wouldn't mind buying Rice Krispies because those are not all that high in sugar and like, okay, I'll buy, I don't mind buying that. Like, I think it requires a bit of thought about like, as a parent, what are, what are you willing to provide? And then once you provide it, I think at a certain point, you got to just be okay with how it's utilized, you know, like, well, sure. And also we come to this point of like in an ideal world, a parent has all the time to meal plan and cook healthy things and, or doesn't even necessarily have to be healthy. Let's just say in an ideal world world, a person has time, you know, to, to cook and provide, whether it's what you and I might say is healthy or someone else might say is healthy or whatever. Then you come to what about a single working mom? I look back on my own raising of my son and I laugh and joke with him that his body is 50% Trader Joe's chicken nuggets, because that's what I had time to do because I was always working. Right. So it's like, cool. What, what can I, what frozen thing from Trader Joe's do you want tonight? Um, so it's, it's that too. It's like, what can't, what does a person have time to provide? What about the people who are, I know lots of people who grew up in a very, uh, healthy household with organic and all these things, right. And no sugar, no sugar allowed. And then they go to school or go to a friend's house and try to eat every cupcake in sight because they couldn't have it at home, you know? So uh, yeah, it's tricky. It's like, not only what do you provide and what does the kid want and kids that say, why can't I have this? All my friends have this. And you know what I mean? It's, it's so, there's so many factors, I guess. There are so many factors. And, <clears throat> you know, I think the question started off with, um, do you lead by example? I think that was some portion Yeah, there's question. that part of it, yes. And I do believe that um, our, our good and bad traits rub off on our kids. Yeah. I, I, I have noticed that. Um, and so I, I think that, but I also have the kind of inclination to go like, well, no, I, I showed you that I was going on a hike every day for a week. Why aren't you going on a hike? Like, why, yeah. <laughs> why is that not rubbing off on you? You know? Yes. And I think it, it takes a lot longer than that. And it's maybe not as literal as that. Um, yeah. But like, I think if, uh, if you, if you sit and watch TV every night while you eat dinner, chances are, when you're not looking or when you're not aware of it, that's what your kid's going to do too. Just because like, this is what mom and dad did. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're smoking in front of your kids, I think the likelihood of having kids who smoke is much higher. Um, So I do think, and again, this is one of those things where I go like, that's what I think is true. And it's not always as literally true. I've found where I go like, why hasn't this habit rubbed off on my kids? You know? Uh Uh Um, uh, And I say that and, and, and yet ever I'm out of town right now. And every single day, Clementine has sent me her workouts and gone like, what do you think about this? And like, <laughs> it's got everything, the number of reps and sets and different exercises and how much cardio. And I'm always like, that's great. And I didn't ever suggest she do that. Mm-hmm. She just started doing that. Um, well, yeah, you've been doing it now for such a, you've been so consistent for such a, some years now. Right. So it's like by now, yeah, it's rubbing off. That's kind of, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I, it, it, that, but I would also say like that took a while when, yeah. when I would suggest that she come on a hike with me, there was very little interest. Yeah. And when I would suggest and go like, no, you got to do this, um, it, there was very little interest. And so when I kind of backed off and just was like, 
I'm going to let her be who she is. Uh And then I woke up one day and she had a a very strong interest in going to the gym. You know, going to the gym is going down into our third floor where our gym is. Um, Uh But like doing full workouts and and kind of designing them in a very similar way that I designed mine, but hers are all very very different because she's a 16 year old girl yeah um but i i i i i just know for myself that when when i had no skin in the game when it was just something being done to me Uh i went the other direction well that's and that's what i wanted to ask you you know you've been so open um about being a child and being put on a diet by your, you know, your grandparents going, this isn't okay. And you're young and then basically rebelling against that. Right. And like, that's a trick too. Like, how do we, cause, cause what you're saying, I fully agree with, let your kid be who they are, you know? And, but that's tough. Cause what if the letting your kid be who they are is watching them make very unhealthy choices, be it with food or other things like that's it's so hard as a parent to know when to interject and when to just step back it's like a constant i think it's so hard yeah and and you know this can be argued in the extremes right like um would you allow a toddler to play with sharp knives because that's who they are no of course not uh at that point, I think the toddler playing with the knives is completely on the parent if the toddler gets hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the other extreme, it's like, uh, you know, the toddler uh, is is going like, I really want to do art right now. And and you're going like, no, you have to practice the piano mm-hmm. and or or something like that. Or like, you're not allowed to do art or, or I don't know, something where you're just going like, no, absolutely not. We're going to study math every day and you hate math and that doesn't matter because you're going to study math. And it's like, maybe that works on some people. Yeah. Um, like Tiger Woods, I think his dad was pretty determined to get him to be a golf prodigy and he's a golf prodigy. Um, totally. So I don't know if when he was little, he was just into it every step of the way. Or, you know, I've also seen some parents who are very militant with their kids and their kids seem fine. Uh Um, They don't seem to be like a mess mentally or, you know, to be super oppressed or miserable. Uh I don't know because I'm not spending a huge amount of time with with those kids. Um, But this is my observation. Um, So I, I don't know. I, you know this is one of those things where we get into the realm of absolutes again, where it's like, this is the only way to raise kids or um, that is the only way to raise kids. Like any diet. I don't, I don't have a real answer. I can only say like what I believe to be true. And even when I say what I believe to be true, I want it known that like it fails all the time. There's all the time where I go like, I need to let that kid, um, experience their truth and actually be interested in their truth. And then I'm just like, God, this fucking stage where grace was like doing practicing TikTok dances through every conversation. And I'm like, sorry, grace fucking stop. I can't have another conversation with you where you're like mindlessly doing a TikTok dance while you're talking to me about something that has nothing to do with a TikTok dance. Right. And it's just like, I have the right to not experience that. Right. Yeah. I don't want to experience that. I'm not going to say you can't do TikTok dances, but when you're talking to me, I'm sorry, you know, it would like it's almost felt like she was flipping me off. You know what I mean? Like it was so, it was so enraging. Um, And so in that point I feel, and I go like, no, you be whoever you want. But when you're talking to me, you be the nice, sweet grace pre TikTok. Right. You know? Um, So yeah, it becomes very tricky in that sense. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
It totally is. And do you think that, um, you know, let's just talk about your own personal journey. You've been up and down in the weight category, right? Through the girls' lives. And you've been, you know, do you think that they, have they ever talked to you about that? Have they ever, you know, do you see that influencing the way they look at diet and exercise, you know, and have they ever talked to you about it? Or is it something they just never discussed? Your Talk own to me about diet and exercise. Yeah, like your, but your own journey with it. You know what I mean? Because you had these times where you were their dad and overweight, right? Like, sure. No, you know, honestly, they've never talked to me about like what I went through as a kid or what I went through when they were little or any mm-hmm. of that. They yeah. have each one of them have at different times gone like. I really want to lose a little weight. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And, and I go like, there's one in particular where I'm like, you are super thin and you're at the gym all the time. Like, why, what are you chasing? Don't I, yeah. like, please don't lose any weight. Yeah. Um, and then and with her, I'm just like, please just like, I think you have a good sense of what is healthy and what is not healthy. Just stick with what is healthy. And that's it. That's all Mm -hmm. like that. That I think is the whole game for you. And then with the other ones, it's like, well, okay, let's talk about this. Is it because you're going to a party and you want to wear an outfit that isn't quite as flattering today as you want it to be Friday? Like that's a, that's a very specific thing. And you know, and then we've done different things where we go in depth and design plans. And then I got to be okay with if they go like two days and then they're just like, fuck this. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've experienced all of that with some of them. Um, yeah. And I really do try and go like, I don't want to, I don't want to control what this person eats. I really don't. Yeah. I, you know, we 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 run into the most fucked up scenario for me where i became a parent going i am never going to touch this subject with my kids not not that i'm going to serve them you know i told my little kids for a decade that mcdonald's was poison um and then when i finally like at one point had to feed it to them they cried thinking i was poisoning them right um But like, I'm not going to control food at home. I'm not going to say like, you've had enough or something like that. Um, And then one of them got type one diabetes when she was four and it suddenly became like, holy shit, we got to control everything this kid eats. We got to know how many grams of carbohydrates are in everything she eats so we can give her insulin for them or she dies like that has been kind of the hardest thing I've had to deal with because it was truly the thing I wanted to do less than anything was like actually deal with quantities and portions with a kid of mine Um, and there were many times where you know to a four-year-old who's at a birthday party Uh, And you're going like, no, you can't have any more cake. And her sister's eating as much cake as she wants. And it's like, yeah, but that kid doesn't have what you have. I, I, and this is so tragically heartbreaking for me because it, it literally, it was like, you know, I don't think of God in these terms. I really like, am I fucked up? Is my internet connection? Okay. You just went like, I mean, there've been a couple little moments, but. Will you okay start ag- yeah, start again for uh, seconds, but start again from the cake story and I'll cut this part. So I, um, I never wanted to control my kids portions and we go to birthday parties and like, and then I'm find myself saying to the kid with type one diabetes, like, no, you can't have any more cake. And meanwhile, I'm not even looking at her sister or thinking about her sister and the kids going, what do you mean? That's not fair. And I'm like, yeah, you got this thing that like, we have to be super diligent about this. And, and if you just eat as much as you want, I can't count that. 
you know what I mean? Um, I have to count it and give you a certain amount of insulin. And like, then we can't eat any more or less like, you, and then if you don't eat it all, we're really fucked because your blood sugar could crash. And that's actually more dangerous. Like all of these things were truly tragic for me because the last thing I ever wanted to do was control my kids food. And then I found like, I do not think of God in these terms. I like God in the more, um, uh, as, as Maimonides explains him in, um, a guide for the, a guide for the perplexed, which is just a book of like what God is not. And it's lots of things. And it's like trying to paint a picture by taking things away and going like, no, not that. No, not that. And, and, but if God was a, an entity that was like picking and choosing things to fuck with people. And I, I go like, yeah, every bad thing I've done in my life, this is perfect retribution. Like the, the thing you wanted to do the least, like the thing you were most excited about in life being a parent, the aspect of that you wanted the least controlling your kid's food, you're going to have to do that. And you're going to have to do that because if you don't, your kid dies and not in terms of like your kid gets overweight and you know, has a heart attack when they're 60 in terms of like, if you don't count their carbohydrates for one day, they could potentially die. This is a fucking burden that, I like couldn't have imagined the devil putting on me. And, Mm. and like, if I, if I had been real honest with somebody and said, what's the worst thing that you could have to go through, it would be like, you get into some situation where you have to control what your kid eats because you went through that, you know, how awful it is. Um, And then I found myself in that position and navigating that has been really, really fucking hard. Um, yeah. And uh, and now that kid is 16 and she's healthy and she and it, it's kind of all on her now. She makes all her own decisions and um, and she's good. And 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 the transition from me being totally responsible to her being totally responsible took a couple of years. And me and when I say me, I mean me and her me and her mom. Um, but it was really hard, really, really hard. And so I go like, if, if you're a parent who has the same ideas about obesity that I had with type one diabetes, and I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just saying they're, they're not the same ideas, but I can go like, I understand you want your kid to be healthy. Um, it's fucking hard. It's really, really hard. And I, I don't have, yeah. I don't have, I, like, I can't say like it was a breeze for me and I did it perfectly. I didn't, I, I it was, it was very difficult. I didn't want to do that and I had to do it. And then I would talk and then I would go in these circles with myself. Well, like, just don't do it. Just leave it to her. Let her eat whatever she wants. And then I go like, but yeah, but she literally could die today. If I do that, if, if, <laughs> if, you know, she, takes a big um, bolus of insulin and then goes like, no, I don't want this cake. And then like, doesn't think about it again. And like goes into her room. She could go into a coma, like right there. That's scary, you know? And then I'd sit there and go like, this is so much better than just a, a parent with an overweight kid who wants their kid to be healthy. And I go like, yeah, but what I, what I think and what somebody else thinks aren't definitely the same thing. And the parent could feel exactly the same as me. The Uh parent could feel exactly the same as I do. Um, And if you feel that I, I, it's hard and, and you gotta come up with solutions and it's gonna be hard. Yeah. What do you think about the step of like, you know, there's like education, you know, like taking the time to sit with your kid and go, listen, I'm not just trying to be, um, 
a dictator and tell you what you can and can't have, but going, you know, this is, this is why I don't want you to eat this. This is what this does to your body. This is, you know, I mean, I I guess it depends on the age of the kid too, because a a kid who's younger and really not going to pay attention to that. Maybe someone older can't be bothered. It, it, I don't know. There's part of that I think is like talking through it and explaining this is why we are trying to eat this way. This is why I'm giving you this versus that, you know? Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yeah, it, it's it's super tricky. And, and, I, and I go like on some level, um, it's, you know, you, what are you providing for them? Yeah. At that point, what are their freedoms with what you're providing for them? And what are the restrictions with what you're providing for them? Mm-hmm. And, and do they have a good, clear understanding of that? For instance, if you go to the store as a parent and you do like the week's shopping, um, is your kid allowed to do whatever they want with that food? And, and that could even be like, you know, making a science experiment with all the food you just bought, you know, mm-hmm. in a bucket and making it completely inedible because they're also using like uh, detergents from under the sink and cleaning supplies and like trying to make some thing. Is that okay? Probably not. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Are they allowed to go and feed themselves? My kids were, my kids were allowed to go into the kitchen and make themselves snacks and meals and stuff like that. So I think they're, there has to be some boundaries and there has to also be some freedoms. Um, And it should be a discussion. Like, you know, what if your kid is like fucking wants to be a chemist or a scientist or something like that. And it's a little kid and they're like, but I, I really want to do a science experiment with food. And then it could be like, okay, well, you know, we've had some leftovers sitting in the fridge for a while that nobody's going to eat. Maybe we'll do a science experiment with that. Um, so there's their freedom. But the boundary is like the shit we just bought that's for the rest of the week. You don't fuck with that. The shit right. we're about to eat tonight for dinner. You don't mess with that. And and in the same way with um, if you're trying to if you've gotten beyond the point where you're now in a, in a situation where you're like, this needs attention, we need to fix this. The, the, the trouble has already occurred. Um, I think it's a similar deal where it's like, um, I think, I think I believe um, that I have better results when my kids are in agreement with what those boundaries are and what their freedoms to do to 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 you know if you go like um you can have friends over tonight and you can do whatever you want and then you wake up and they trash the living room and you're pissed at them it's like well you you didn't say don't trash the living room but if you say you can do whatever you want, clean up after yourselves, you know, don't get into the liquor cabinet and, uh, you know, no jumping off the balcony into the pool or this kind of thing, no dangerous stuff. Um, and they stick to that. I, I, I don't know. I think that getting agreement is, is good. And, and I found that my kids are very rational when I, when I actually talk to them in a way where they're human beings and I'm not just being a dictator and I'm going like, can we have agreements? Yeah. Um, what 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 are the limits that you're willing to uh, follow? And like, here's all the barriers I would like to, you know. And the reality is, I have a very communistic relationship with my wife. Uh, and then, as we branch out, I want to have a merit based relationship with my children. Mm. And then outside of our house, it's like, I don't give a fuck what anybody else is doing. Just don't do it to me. 
Mm-hmm. But like me and my wife were communists uh, uh, from each according to our ability to each according to our needs. Whatever my wife needs, um, she gets whatever I need. I get whatever she can produce. She produces whatever I can produce. I produce. That's our relationship, period. Mm-hmm. Not the same with the kids. There's no fairness here. You don't right. all just get whatever you want, Right. Um, mm-hmm. or quote unquote need. It's like that you're going to, it's not going to be a totally free ride where you just get to be complete nihilists in my house and trash the place and expect me to keep participating in the manner that I'm participating in. Right. There yeah. are going to be some rules, but um, I don't want to be a dictator and I don't want to be doing rules that are going to cause us to like not talk anymore when you're an adult and like have big things where like you suddenly tell me you want to be a taxidermist and I'm like, well, that's not a noble profession. And like, here's what I think you should do. And then we don't talk or like, you know, um, I don't want to keep talking to you about your weight to the point where you're just like, fuck you, dad, I'm now 18 or whatever it is. And, and I'm, you're done. I can mm-hmm. I, cause you're being a dick about this thing or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, and now look, I say all that and then I'll still like go like, who the fuck, you know, uh, whatever, like put laundry in the laundry machine and didn't put it in the dryer, like, or something like this, who left dirty dishes? Like I still find those things like, Hey, if you make a mess, clean up after yourself. We just went to the store how the hell did you guys use all the eggs in a day? Like that half and half is for my coffee. And you're, what are you doing with it? You guys don't, Oh, you guys are drinking coffee. Now. Great. You're not drinking lattes on my dime. You get a tablespoon of half and half or something like this. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think there are levels to all of these things. Yeah, no, it's true. And there's no easy answer. You know what I mean? There really isn't. I think parenting is one of the hardest jobs in the world. I also think, um, (laughs) I also think you don't know what you're getting into when you start. And, um, you know, I, I just, it's a really, it's, I don't know. There's, of course there's books on it. And of course there's the example that our parents gave us. And of course there's, you know, all those things. And some people want to do exactly what their parents did. And some people want to be the opposite of their parents, all that it's not easy. And there's no easy answer. And I think anybody, my, you know, being a, a mom or dad today and dealing with the complexities of our lives and our schedules and work and just trying to do the best they can. That that's all, that's all any of us can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also think like much like, um, diets that when we go, uh, this is what has worked for me, that doesn't guarantee that it's going to work for anybody else. I don't think that all kids are the same. I don't think that all kids are going to react to the same things in the same way. I think that Mm -hmm. there are some kids I've met who are little assholes and who are malicious little assholes. And it's like, I'm really glad uh, that I have the kids I have because I don't think they're literally out to get me. And I've met kids where I suspect like that kid is out to get his parents. Like that's their game. They're just like the, the parents are just these kind of haggard, beaten, weathered people. And the kid is just like, this is fun. Look at the reaction I can get when I do anything they tell me not to do. And I'm like, whew, that's tough, but that exists. And I don't have an answer for that. You know, no. And, and I, and yeah, to your point that every kid is different. They are, they're little versions of us. And like, I get, I have been very lucky with my son who, you know, who with the exception of a couple things here and there in high school has just been a great guy. And I have friends, um, moms of boys who ask me like, what did you do about this? And how did you do that? How did he turn out so great? And I literally just go, I'm lucky because I just let him be himself as we've talked about here, but I, it was easy to do that. Cause he just was kind of a cool dude. You know what I mean? Like he never went crazy. Um, so it's, everybody's different. I, I look at other parents and go, Oh my God, like how, uh, how are you making it? Cause that kid is, 
tough. She's a handful. She's a handful. Yeah. yeah. Or, and, and then I and look at multiple some, kids. Right. And then I look at some kids and they're like, yes, sir. No, sir. And all of this. And I, and I wonder in the back of my mind, like, God, is, is it just like a real tough regime at their house or are the kids uh-huh. just innately super polite and well put together and yeah. keep their room clean and like, you know, aren't, tearing it apart at times um so i don't think there's any like one size fits all solution here but i certainly do think there are um ways to uh, approach it that could be tried at least um and i do also think like if we're talking about kids uh the number one thing is for the most part, again, no absolutes here, but for the most part, we are providing them with the food yeah, um, or the money to get the food or whatever it is uh, there. For the most part, kids aren't going to work and earning their own money and getting their own food. And if they are, they're not really kids anymore. But how can we get our... Uh, responsibility up first or address that first in like, are we doing anything wrong here that we're contributing to the thing that we are fighting against at the same time? Because I think that's often true too for me where I am really struggling with something and then I go like, oh, it's really all my fault. Like I have to actually change my behavior to achieve the result with somebody else. I didn't even have to address them. I don't have to tell them. I don't have to say a word to them. I don't have to like go like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and see how you like it. No, no. It's just me. I just have to address what I'm doing. Um, That is kind of the, the biggest revelation I've had with kids is like, how am I, what am I doing wrong here? And what can I change? And and it's sometimes a struggle to like keep it off of them. Like, well, you're not cleaning your room. So I'm going to tell you what I'll do. I'm just going to turn your phone off or something like that. That's that again is not just doing something yourself. It's right. it's a, like creating a game with them um, or some kind of a punishment. Um, but when I really look at my own behavior that I can change, um, that's when I, I find uh, I have the best results with my kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of the whole, that's my, I, 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 and again, I don't think I'm the best parent, but um, this is what I've found to be workable. Yeah. I hear you. Cool. That's all we can do is share our experiences, right? Anybody. And you get so much. I, I, I learn things all the time watching other people do things, be it parenting or whatever. And I go, oh, that's a good idea. I never thought of that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 Awesome, Paige. Thanks for this talk. Hey, thank you. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And now for the Q&A, where Paige is just perpetually giggling at all of your <laughs> questions. No, I'm giggling at you, not their questions. Uh-huh. You're laughing at this me. This one. At my pain, well, Paige. You're laughing yeah, at my sorry. pain, shame, and doom. <laughs> this question is all the way from New Zealand. Good day, mate. Some- Wait, no, that's G'day. Australian. No, that's Australian. Uh, and this is from Wade. Hi, Wade. Uh, Wade says, can we ask Wade first and foremost, how annoying it is that people say good day mate to him? Like, I feel ashamed right now. Yeah, no, I hope he writes in to say, dude, that's not what you say to me. (laughs) Sorry, Wade. I feel like we've practically misgendered you. Like it's, it's borderline that severe. Right. Okay. I'm excited. Okay, to hear so Wade. yeah, Wade's got some stuff to say here. Um, Wade says, I'm really enjoying this podcast, and much of Ethan's story hits home to me as we have been on the same path. One large difference is that I'm at the point of being my biggest in a bad patch that seems like it might not end. I've lost 70 kilos twice in my life and gained it again twice. I put on 50 last year after first losing 70. 
quit my job and went and studied personal training. I did that for about a year. I slowly added 10 kilos per year. And I'm at the point where I don't believe in myself or think I can do it and think if I do it again, I'll just put it on again. Does the big dog have any tips for regaining self-confidence after destroying it, after repeating the same downward spiral? Great question, Wade. And I cannot tell you how much it resonates with me. And I think even if, even if you don't regain your confidence, you're going to find yourself on another diet, trying to lose weight and, uh, and potentially having a failure. And, uh, and I, I can only say that I've been there so many times um, that, yeah, it's fucking rough, dude. Um, by the way, he did kilos for all the Americans listening. That's uh, whatever he said, 70 times 2.2 is how we would think of it. It's it, oh. kilos to pounds. It's a lot of weight. That. So he lost... Mm -hmm over i can't do 0.2 in my head so fast but i go roughly 150 pounds twice right and then put it back on that's a lot of weight that's um that's fucking brutal i i would um again my suggestion and i harp on maintenance so much is to really understand what your body <clears throat> needs to maintain I think once you get good at understanding not gaining weight, it becomes easier to do that in the future once you've lost weight. Um, so my suggestion, like if I was designing a diet and saying, and, and this would not be a diet for um, these normal people who have five or 10 pounds to lose. And I call them normal because I think of myself as abnormal and <clears throat> if this is offensive to anybody, just understand that I'm only ever talking about myself. I'm only talking about my experience and I'm not saying everybody who was like me is abnormal because I don't think that's true. I don't think any of you are abnormal. I only think I'm abnormal. If you want to be abnormal, you can call yourself abnormal, but I'm not going to do that. And I don't think that. So you, once, once I learned what my body's energy requirements were for um, maintenance, it became a lot easier for me to restrict a little bit to lose weight. And then when I would come out of that restriction, um, I would be able to go back into maintenance and not gain weight and go like, holy shit, I've gone a year without gaining weight this is a first time ever you know and this is only a few years ago um and now i've got five years four years under my belt of not having gained any weight this is miraculous um and it's all because i've understood maintenance and i've been utilizing maintenance um and i've been addressing habits and behaviors in my life that were leading me to gain weight. And that is what I've excised. Not, um, not that I have to be in a super restrictive diet forever and not that I have to cut out any certain type of food. I have learned through doing that, that certain foods make me feel shitty. So I eat them very, very rarely. Who wants to feel shitty? I don't want to feel shitty. Part of, part of all of this is that I feel great. I feel good when I wake up. I don't have aches and pains. And the aches and pains that I have now, I've put there from working out in the gym or going on long hikes. And, and they actually are nice aches and pains. You know, there's a difference between <clears throat> when I was 500 pounds and I had constant pain in my feet, constant pain in my knees, constant pain in my lower back. That's a different type of pain than fuck. I killed it in the gym yesterday and I'm sore. This soreness I enjoy uh, the pain in my lower back from being obese. I did not enjoy ever, not for a moment. Um, so I think like 
I think anybody can do this. Uh, it's not easy. It takes a long time. I understand the need for this to happen quickly. I, I understand the need or the thinking uh, behind radical change. Uh, I don't believe in radical change. I don't think radical change is sustainable. I think moderate change. Um, I think incremental change. I think working towards a goal. If you want radical change, do it in small steps. Um, we all have to eat to live at some point, you know, maybe for some people, they could go longer not eating than others. But at some point, if you want to live, you have to eat. Um, what's a normal life? What 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 do you want out of a normal life? Fucking think about all of that stuff. Think about really long term. Think about stuff that you have some uh, <clears throat> emotional connection to. Are we eating emotionally? Are we eating to have a moment of feeling um, some kind of mental thing? Like, I don't know if we should be eating that way. I, I shouldn't have been eating that way. That was never good for me. What is the purpose of food? What do I want out of it? What do I want from life? Like, I, I had to, like, really design a whole new life. And, and I don't think any of that happens overnight. I think the slower we do this, like if you're drinking a bunch of soda with sugar in it every day, maybe it's a good idea to at least in the beginning switch over to diet soda or switch over to sparkling water and have a plan to get out of that and go to um, <clears throat> water. You know, water didn't make anybody fat ever. You know, it's the shit we put in water that has some effects on us. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anti-soda either. I drink soda occasionally, not sugary soda. I don't drink sugary soda ever under any circumstances because it's rocket fuel. I, when I think about would I ever drink soda uh, with sugar in it? I go like, yeah, um, if I was doing a shitload of cardio, in the middle of the cardio or right before I would drink some soda. That's kind of the only place I would use that. It could be useful uh, as a thirst quenching measure. I, I have no use for it. And I've also having spent a long time, not consuming sugar like that found sugar to be almost caustic to my mouth. Like when I eat sugar now, it like, almost gives me like an acidic burn in my mouth. That's wonderful. Took a long time to get there. Um, but now that I'm there, I'm, I'm very happy that I don't have the desperate urge or the compulsion to drink that shit. Um, that's my suggestion. <clears throat> Wait, I only believe that you can do it. And I, I say that knowing how fucking brutally rough it is. And I say that knowing how fucking brutally rough it will be to make these changes, but they're possible. They can be made. Um, I, I, I would, uh, my, my, my gut instinct is to tell you to really think of it in the long term and think of it as taking years. And, but then, that's years where you're not going to be doing this swing. Um, another thing I, I can think of in analogies, I have a kid with um, type one diabetes. So we're constantly trying to keep her blood sugar within this certain range of like above 70 um, and below 120, really, really one that is such a small window that we go like, okay, below 150 is good. But like kind of that's like a normal person um, whose pancreas is regulating their blood sugar uh, will be between like 120 and 70 or 80 or something like that. What happens is if we or if she misdoses something like if she gets served and, and I'm only giving this in these terms, I don't think she drinks a lot of diet soda or any, but if she was to be served a 
sugary soda instead of a diet soda and didn't give herself uh, insulin for that, her blood sugar would skyrocket. And so what happens is this skyrocket, then you're giving a big dose of insulin to try to get it done down, then it can plummet. And you have this graph. If you look at her blood sugar on a graph, it goes real high and then real low. And then you have to add in carbs to try to correct this real low. And then it skyrockets again. Right. And so you have this graph that's going up and down peaks and valleys that are super high. And I think about my weight loss for so many years in those terms, I would lose a lot of weight, then I would gain a lot of weight back. So I had a graph that looked very similar to that. And it would be these giant spikes followed by giant dips. Um, and I just repeated that, right? And this term yo-yo dieting, I, I don't like these terms that have become hackneyed because you just kind of get annoyed by them and you go like, fuck, don't tell me about yo-yo. <clears throat> fuck, don't tell me about yo-yo dieting anymore. I've heard it. Don't tell me about lifestyle change. Don't tell me about mindfulness. Fuck all your terms. But if you think about a graph where weight loss is going in these extremes, extreme weight loss, extreme weight gain, extreme weight loss, all you want to do is elongate that, take them and make them less severe, a little bit of weight loss. And if there's weight gain, just a little bit of weight gain so that you can not have extremes and it's easier to correct. Once we get these things to be a little bit less severe, they're easier to correct. If your weight loss is so severe, weight gain is going to be so severe too. That's not a fun game because you've just done something really hard and then it's unraveled really quickly. Just don't think in those terms. It don't think in terms of like, I need this done in a couple of months. Really think about what your life is going to be like in five years, right? And are you going to be happy doing what you're doing? What can you do that you're going to enjoy in five years? What can you do for five years that's not going to be fucking miserable? That's what I would, that's what I would suggest. Thank you for your question, Wade. If you have a question that you would like me to answer on this program, I said answer. I'll just talk about your question is really what I'll do. Please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>